0: about Advent last year, uh, last uh, Sunday, this is a special time of year that we can just say to ourselves, you know what, I want to focus on Jesus. And with that, we can go to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, says it in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, or Gabrielle, either way, you can say Gabriel or Gabrielle, was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Lazarus. He was sent to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. and the virgin's name was Mary. And she came to, and he came to her and said, "Greetings, O favor one, the Lord is with you." But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid." the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. A fulfilling promise. That's what we talked about, the over- overshadowing of from last Sunday to this Sunday. A fulfilling promise. We talked about how God last week had told in his word that there would become one who He's going to come down through the arcs of time of uh, archives of time who ultimately would be the one who would save us and redeem us and help us have a right relationship with God this is a continuation of that fulfilling promise if you go back a little a few more verses in Acts or Luke chapter one you find about the story of Zacchaeus Zacharias I'm sorry Zacharias and his wife she had been barren and not been with child and yet again an angel of the Lord by the same person of Gabriel had come down and had talked to uh, Zacharias as he was going into the Holy of Holies and was doing his priestly duties. And I think it's funny that if you even do a word study on that phrase, and be not afraid, that, 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 that captures Zacharias, that captures Joseph, and that captures even Mary. That three, At least three times the angel says to those individuals when they appeared to uh, God, and be not afraid. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm glad God speaks to me through his word. I don't know if I, I don't know how I would handle it if God actually spoke to me through an angel coming down sitting or standing over my bed or by me saying and Byron this is guess what you have found favor with God and man I don't know what I would do last night I was laying in my bed and I was hearing noises I didn't know what was going on I thought you know somebody trying to break in my house and that was my son rattling around so I know if I was curious on that, God knows what I would do, if an angel, literally, came and was speaking to me. But when you go to this section in Luke chapter one, verses twenty-six, verse twenty-six, it says, "In six months," and that really is from the time that Zacharias and Elizabeth had conceived. Six months later, because she's a, she's going to be six months ahead of Mary. Six months prior, after this event, that same angel, and if you go to Luke chapter one back there. He tells Mary. He, he describes himself. I am Gabriel, and I am the one that stands in the in the presence of God, and I have been sent by God to talk to you, Zacharias. That same angel by the name of Gabriel, Gabrielle, is the same when it comes to Mary, and he tells her in this verse. He says the six month angel Gabriel uh, was sent from God to a little small town. This this. In, a, in the province of Galilee, the city called Nazareth, it was a no-name town. It wasn't, a, it wasn't, you would think that if God is going to send his son, he would send his son to a great metropolis, to Jerusalem. That's where Jesus should have been born. That's what everybody knew. The city of it was, it was a main city. It was like the New York or the San Francisco or the Chicago of its time. no, no. In an obscure village, by the name of Nazareth. You know what they said about Nazareth? Later on, Jesus said somebody made the quote, "What good can come out of Nazareth?" I tell you what kind of city it was. It, it, it was if it had five hundred or a thousand people, it would be doing good. It's probably less than five hundred people actually lived here. So it was a no-name city. God. It's, it's going to have his son being born in a place that. How many times have you traveled? And here's what we say: you know, if you blink, you miss it. You know the little one one stoplight towns you cook when you're traveling driving through. My God, if you blink through this place, that's what they some, sometimes say about Wilmington: that if you blink too hard, and you just just you're gone. That's what Nazareth is. And to this place, the angel Gabriel comes to this place called Nazareth to a young woman. By the name of Mary. And it's interesting. First, we're told, it says to the city of Galilee, to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth. It doesn't tell us that her name was Mary. It, it describes who she is. She's a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name is Joseph of the house of David. First thing we're told about Mary is that she is a virgin, had never known a man at all. And she's extremely We would say engaged, but their engagement went beyond what we have. When you were betrothed back at that time for for a legal purpose, you were married. You just had not yet consummated it. So that's why when it talks about in Matthew, he was betrothed to Mary. And when he found out that she was pregnant, that he thought about putting her away privately. That's why that's a big deal because the betrothal at that time, the engagement at that time meant you were married. You, she had not left her home from where her parents were to go live with her husband, but she was legally bounding by Jewish law. She was already married, betrothed to Joseph. There was nobody else but him. And we're told she had not known him at all. And to that place, and to this young lady, he came to her, and, you know, if you want to be... Uh, What's the word I want? He just says, greetings. Hello. How you doing? What's happening? Greetings. I think that's interesting that, you know, and he talks about her. He says, greetings, old favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, when you read down through all this, it says, he, he tells her, Oh, favored one, one who has found grace in the eyes of God. Okay? And another thing we're told is that he says to her, the Lord is with you. Now, get this. The angel is talking to her, and she's being told that she's, been a, she's a favored one and that the Lord is with It's a good thing to know that the Lord is with you. And, and she really needs to know this for herself in light of what he's getting ready to tell her. Oh, oh, favored one, the, the Lord is with you. Okay, so he tells her this, and and she's she's greatly. It says not mildly disturbed or like what's going on here. It says she's greatly. I mean, it puts the word great. She's like, okay, what's what's all this mean? What's all, what's all this going on here? And she was trying to figure out what he meant by what he said, and then she's trying to figure out what all this was meaning. I, I, I'm O oh, favor, the Lord is with you. You gotta understand, she's a young girl. Some say she's probably around twelve or thirteen years old. That's Who's who's twelve or thirteen year old in our church? Jalen, can you imagine? I mean, to 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 do all this, to have an angel come—I could just see Jalen now. If an angel was come before her and says, "Hello, oh great, oh favored one," she'd be like, you know, the cart would just fall to the floor. You know, maybe run out, mom, mom, dad, you know, you know, she'd be she'd be hyperly, uh, uh, you know, running around. And yet, you understand, she was in her house, in her home, doing what she always does. And this angel comes in and talk, is now talking with her. We, we've got, I mean, it's, it's, it's her surprise is, what's going on? Okay? And he says, and look what he tells her. She's, she's questioning, she's, she's trying to get a, a grasp of, of what's really going on. And, she, and he tells her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Calm your fears. All right, I know you may not understand what's really going on, but just, 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 you know, calm down. It's going to be all right. I mean, when God speaks to us through his word, sometimes he needs to tell us, do not be afraid. Calm down. It's it's going to be all right. You know, when you know God is speaking to you or God speaks to you through through his word, when he's speaking to us through his word, we really don't have anything to really fear. Not In our natural flesh and who we are as as human beings, we push the panic button. But when you really think about it, if God is with us and God is leading and guiding us, what is it that we're so afraid of? I get it on our natural, in our own flesh and and who we are as human beings, not knowing what's going on, we many times are afraid. But if it's God and he's leading and guiding us, what is it that we're really afraid? Why are we really afraid? And that's why he has to tell her, do not be afraid. Why? Because Mary, you found favor with God. God has looked upon you, not that you're so special, not that you're so great, not that you're so holy, but of all the young women in the world, he picked you to be the mother to bear the Savior. When I thought about that this past week, I thought about, guess what? We get the same the same picture of Mary being picked as a, as the bear of the Savior. It's the same idea of what Jesus did for us. Of all the people in the world, He picked you to be saved. What was it about you that was so special that the the, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God convicted you that you needed Jesus in your life? Absolutely nothing other than God. In His fullness of time, God, in His divine sovereignty, God, in, in the purposes of heaven, knew that one day you would come to His Son. Ain't nothing special about anybody in here. I mean, I know you think you're really cute, and we think we're handsome, and we got a lot going on. But in the eyes of God, ain't none of us that, that special. That special that God would pick you. I mean, you really think? Do you ever think about that? That God picked you to be in His family of all the. Billions of people in the world, he saved you. Why? But for what purpose? For what means? And of all the young girls at that time that he could have said, guess what? This won't be Mary. I think I'll pick Susan. Or whatever the names of the Jewish names are. I can't think of any female Jewish names, but yeah, whatever their names were, other than Mary. All right? There he is. Do not be afraid. You found favor with God. Man, that's a great, that's, that that ought to calm her down right there. And he said, now, I'm going to tell you something, Mary. You're going to to conceive a child in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. She didn't have to go through any tests to figure out what she was going to have. The angel told her, by the way, you're going to have a son. And and you don't have to worry about what you're going to name him because his name is going to be Jesus. And guess what? He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and and the Lord God will give to him the throne of the Father of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. This is going to be a great child. Did not we just sing about that, Sister Tammy, the greatest gift? Who are we talking about? Jesus. He shall be great. Did you ever think about that? I've been reading through this stuff about Jesus and his birth and all this stuff. Everything about this. You know Jesus had to be special because everything that we have in our world today is based on his birth. Up until the time before he was, we had BC, before Christ. After his birth, time changed to now we have AD. After his death, I mean, all that we, all of our existence is based on the birth of this one individual by the name of Jesus. He's changed everything. That's why he can be considered great. You know, people try to compare. Well, he's sort of like. Uh, You know, he's a great historical figure. Well, yes, but he's beyond that. He's he's talked about who we call the Most High. He is God in the flesh. John said, told us that in the Gospel of John. We beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's God himself. So Mary, you know what? He's going to be great. And here's the thing. The miracle is not about the birth of Jesus. The miracle is his conception. How he was conceived. He was born like every other baby. He had to come through his mother's womb and Mary had pain and all that other stuff. He was born like any other child. That's not the, that's not the miracle that he was born. The miracle really is how he came to be, his conception. The fact that Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit of God, and God planted the seed into Mary, and she brought forth her son, that's the miracle that she was a virgin and did not know a man and yet had a baby. Now, that's, that's God. That's why he could say, with God, what? Nothing. is impossible. People are trying to figure this out. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. <laughs> I don't understand something. Are you really trying to say that? Yes, I'm saying that. But that doesn't make sense. How could she be pregnant and, and not with God? With God. He says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing. Not the conception of Jesus. Not anything that you and I may be going through today. Nothing is impossible. Whatever it is that you and I are facing, you can highlight, mark, circle, for where he says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Ask the three Hebrew boys. Is there anything impossible with God? Well, no. Ask Daniel and in. is anything impossible? Ask Elijah, no. Ask all the ones that you can call up and bring up. What they knew is with God, nothing is impossible. And if they did it, if God was able to do it back then, the same God that rescued them and brought them through and did all that is the same God we have today. The same, that, the same God that Gabriel was talking about, it's the same God you and I serve today. Nothing is impossible with God. What is it that you have in your life and I have in my life that we think it's an impossibility for God to work out? All we need to do is pray and say, Lord, if it be your will, do A, B, C, or D. And if it's not your will, he's not going to do it. But if it's not your will, even though I want this or even though I think I should have this or think I deserve this, if it's not, help me to accept what your will is. Because everything we ask for is not always what we Need. There's a lot of things we want. Doesn't mean that we need it. Because sometimes, like I like to say, and I've heard other people say, Pastor, I understand what you're saying now. What's that, brother or sister? Be careful what you ask for. Because sometimes you get what you ask for and then you realize, oh, <laughs> it's not what I actually thought it was going to be. I wanted to have, oh man, that nice, shiny, Expensive car. Okay, well, you go out and get it, and then you gotta pay for it. You gotta put gas in, and then you have a wreck or somebody hits you, and you take it to the shop and you find out, ooh, this these parts for these cars are expensive. Exp-. I used to like the, I used to, I was a fan of the Volvo. When we first got married, we said we're gonna get us a Volvo station wagon. That's what we're gonna get. Volvo. That was it. Love it. Little square back. Still like it. And then I was talking to a guy that was a auto guy that repaired cars, he said, do you know how much parts for these things cost? I mean, You, you got to order them from Switzerland or wherever that car comes from. I mean, you gotta, it's, it's, it's expensive. I said, it's bad enough with the little cheapy American cars we got, let alone talk about get parts from overseas. So I said, oh no. So instead I did the, the American thing, I, be, I became a van driver. I lost my manhood to the van Brother the Howard. We were van men. But I like vans; they're cool. The angel, that the things that the, God is—God is able to—nothing's to, 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 impossible. He says, and Mary said, and I like this because you have Mary surprise. All oh, this was; she was living her life as she always did, and now all of a sudden, this happens. But here comes Mary's surrender. I like this. Mary said she asked the question, and she's given the answer. And then here's here's the, here's what's happened. He says, "And behold, your relative Elizabeth, her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren." Right before that, he says, or she tells him that she's willing to be God's servant. Verse thirty-eight. Mary said, "Behold." All right, Mary said, "What? Behold, the angels talking to her. The angels explaining all this that's going on." And Mary's response was, "Well, you know what? Thank you for the opportunity, but I think not. Yeah, you know, Gabriel. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here. I mean, I got to worry about how I look. I'm, i I'm I'm, 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 I'm supposed to be getting married. I, I'm, a, I'm betrothed to Joseph." And you're telling me that I'm going to, the Holy Spirit is going to make me pregnant? How am I going to explain that to my friends and, and relatives? How am I going to explain that to Joseph? We haven't done anything, and I'm going to, I'm going to have to tell him I'm pregnant? Do you know the, 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 the things that could happen to me because this is going to happen? Number one, he might, he, and he just thought about it for a second, he may want to divorce me. He could just say, well, you know what? He could do like we do in our engagements today, get all the way to the, to the point and go, well, you know what? I think I'm out. And no, no, it was literally a, a bill of divorcement. had to be written. had to be given. And you remember what Joseph had to consider. Was he going to do it privately or publicly? If he did it privately, he was doing it so that nobody else would really know. If he did it publicly, that meant she could have been easily stoned to death. All because he finds out later on, Matthew says, after she was stoned, he's stoned. By the way, that which is conceived in Mary is of God. Do not be afraid, Joseph, to take unto you Mary, your spouse's wife. Well, Wait a minute. She tells me she's pregnant. I'm not the father. Oh, no, 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 no. I ain't going down that line. She's been tainted. No, I don't think so. That's what Mary's talking about. But she didn't say that. What does she say? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. All that could have happened, all that did happen, all the whisper, people you know, you, they, they were no different than us. I mean, I don't know when we get this idea that people in the Bible are so holy and righteous, they never did anything. They gossiped, they, gossip, they complained, all the things that you and I do, they did too. Oh, make no mistake, when they found out that Mary was pregnant and they couldn't figure it out, wait a minute, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. How's this happening? Well, you know, she's supposed to be engaged, betrothed to Joseph. Evidently, she then went somewhere else. And Mary would be saying, "Oh well, no, no, I didn't." Well, Mary, <laughs> you're pregnant, right? Yeah. Well, there had to be somebody. Well, no, that's what she's in me is conceived by the the what? I mean, can you imagine her trying to explain to people? It's like us today. When God works in our life, when God does something, you try to explain, it's all of God. People look at you like, what? What do you mean it's all of God? It can't be a God. What does that mean? That's what she had to do. And yet, what does she say? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Here it is. Let it be to me according to your word. She's talking to Gabriel. And after, at the full end of the discussion, knowing all that could have happened, all she could say to him was, I am the servant of the Lord, and let it be according to your word. Okay, Gabriel, I am your servant. I'm your slave. I'll be, I'll be the, a slave to God. And whatever... You have said to me, "That's been according to God's word, and whatever happens, let it so. Let it be." That's a great surrender, is it not? I mean, her surprise that I'm going to have a baby, and not just any baby—the Messiah, the chosen one, the one we've been anticipating. Over all these years and thousands of years, have gone the prophets and all those that talked about there's coming one who's coming one who's coming one who's coming, and all of a sudden today, in my room, in my house, an angel's telling me, "You're the one." Really? Why me? Why not you? That's what God wants us today. Today, maybe He's calling somebody in here today. Maybe he's speaking to someone here today. Now, the question is, are you and I willing to be his servant? As she says, all you got to say is, okay, all right, Lord, I've been fighting this for a long time. I I, I, I didn't want to do this because I didn't think it was, but I get it. I get it. You spoke it to me through your word. Your word has told me this is what, okay, I'm your servant. And let it be according to all that your word has said. That's what Mary did. Bringing it 2,000, almost 3,000 years later. Maybe God's talking to somebody here today. Maybe He's asking you to do something today. Maybe He's spoken to you through His Word and you've been fighting, not wanting to do what God wants you to do. And yet, you need to have the heart and mind of Mary and say, okay. I want to be your servant, Lord. I'm going to obey. I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. Don't know. But I don't think God calls us to come in every Sunday and listen to the blurb being preached and then walk out and, and, and not do anything for us. If that's the case, I can stay home. I don't need to be here. I'm wasting my time, and you're wasting your time. If that's all it is, is coming and putting our time clock, our, time, uh, uh, our thing in the time clock, punching our time. If that's all it is, when I showed up, Pastor, I'm here Sunday, but I ain't listened to all with it. No, I ain't got no, no, I, Lord, I do. I did go to church, Lord. Okay, that's fine. But what, did the, what did the preaching and the teaching of the word do to you? I, I close on this. I, 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 I really enjoyed Wednesday night. I went home thinking, man, we had a great, for me, I can't speak for everybody else because I'm, I'm learning not everybody feels the same thing I feel. But for me, I thought we had a good lesson. It was a great lesson for me. I mean, how much, you know, we love, love the church. And I think about this in, in terms of Christmas and what it means. How much do I love Jesus? To what extent do I, lo- do I love him enough to forgo what I may want to do, to do what he wants me to do? Because he loved me enough that he sent his son. And his son loved me enough that he died. And the Son loved me enough that he shed his blood. And the Son loved me enough that on the third day he got up out of the grave. And the Son got, loved me so much that now he extends to the whosoever wills. Let us come and accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. He's done all that for me. That's his great love. What can I do in return back to him? Why am I content to give God mediocrity when he gave me his best? Don't understand that. And in my own life sometimes, yeah, I did, yeah, pastor, yeah, whatever. Hey, sometimes it's mediocre. Oh, well, pastor, we didn't know that about you. You can sit there in your righteous indignation and look at me like, well, oh, I just can't believe you can say that. Sometimes you're mediocre. Yes. You know why I can say that? Because you're mediocre too. Oh, I dare you say that about me. Well, it's true. You ain't always hot and on fire. You ain't always doing right. You ain't always living right. You ain't always reading right. You ain't always watching right. There's a lot of things we ain't doing right. We're mediocre sometimes. We're just giving God the leftovers. It's a week or two after Thanksgiving, and we're still eating turkey and dressing and whatever. Okay, enough is enough. If God gave us his best, we ought to give God our best in time, service, talent, substance, whatever. Amen? A fulfilling of a promise. Here he is. He's told about Jesus. He's coming. And now, next week when we get to the next part of it, we're going to deal with another aspect of his birth. Amen? The most wonderful time of the year. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Oh, we are encouraged because we see in the, in the life of Mary, a young lady who didn't, had no clue whatsoever that she would be raised and called by you to bear your son. And yet at the conclusion of all the surprises that she was told and how she was going to give birth, how she was going to conceive, what his name was going to be, what he, who this young child was going to be in terms of the world. He wasn't just any ordinary baby. He's the Savior of the world. And we even told, He will be great. And great He is and great He shall be. And Lord, we thank You that she obeyed You by saying, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to Your Word. Oh, what a great testimony she had! And we thank you that she wasn't so special. We don't have to think that Mary was so holy and righteous and had a. She was just like any other young girl, even like those that grow up today. But yet, you picked her out, as you picked us out, to be saved, to live for you, each and day of our life. If there's somebody here today, this morning, that does not know you, Lord, I pray right now you would cause them to sense their need for a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. I pray, Father God, that you would even uh, work on the hearts and minds of we who already say yes and believe in you, that you would convict us of our sin, cleanse us, fix us, help us to be right with you, with our fellow man. Help us to be that servant you're calling for. Help us to be that have that willing mind to be the, the, the servant leader, to be like you. Thank you, Father, for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you will be doing in all of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.